0: The Big Fight Weekend podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. The WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit wininbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit will get you up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download that PropSwap app. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, welcome in to a new weekend, a new month. And no, I'm not pulling any April Fool's pranks uh, here on the podcast. Great to be back aboard on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. However and wherever you are finding us, I am merely the somewhat competent, somewhat capable host. Full disclosure, kids. I have traveled from my home in West Central Florida, in the Tampa Bay area, to New Orleans, to New Orleans, Louisiana, for the college basketball Final Four. I know I'm mixing sports here, but I'm a big college hoops guy. I'm doing a bunch of freelance stuff with TuneIn and the TuneIn mobile app for the college basketball coverage this weekend. So I am in the shadow of the Superdome. I will say Muhammad Ali once fought Leon Spinks in the building that I'm looking at right now. So there is a little boxing crossover, a little boxing tinge, uh, here in, in the Crescent City of New Orleans. Big college basketball weekend, obviously, but we're not, we're not going to neglect the sweet science. We're not going to neglect this sport here on the podcast. To that end, a special guest joining me momentarily, and he has indulged me throughout the, the last 24 hours or so trying to interview him as I've scrambled to travel to New Orleans. He's like, when are we doing the interview? When are we do- I, I got to go. I got to do things. Okay, so I've lined up to do the interview from New Orleans, and Michael Montero is here. I love Michael's insight. He's a funny follow on Twitter. Uh, The Neutral Corner is his show and podcast through the Ring Magazine and Ring TV, their website, uh, et cetera. I look forward to talking with Michael much more about all of this in just a sec the news of the week. We don't have great fights this weekend. We got a little bit, but we got much better stuff next week. We'll talk with Michael about that in just a second. Reminder, however you found us, wherever you found us, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, social media link. Just follow us and subscribe. That's the easiest thing to do. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're usually out right around lunchtime, a little after Eastern time on Friday afternoon. Podcast stays relevant as a preview podcast all the way through the weekend and typically the Saturday night of boxing, et cetera. That's what we do on Big Fight Weekend. So, again, follow or subscribe, and then you'll get a notification. It'll come automatically to you when we get a new one out of the oven, just like this one, which I'm excited to talk about and excited to. I said to him before I hit the record button, do not tell me too much here because I want that to be the podcast, and I want to get to know Michael Montero a little more through our forum here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So thank you for doing this. Again, publicly, thank you for indulging me while I travel to New Orleans. It is great to be with you, sir.
1: Yeah, it's great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend there in wow. Nolins. Yeah. I, I never knew that's how they say it down, down there Most until like, I went there myself.
0: If you spell it K-N-A-R-L-I-N-S, Narlins. That's about, that's about Narlins. Yeah. It.
1: Great food in that city, man. Oh I, I've gosh. been there several times for, for, to cover events <laughs> and I've never had bad food there. That's- never.
0: I love, I love that. And by the way, with the Villanova, Kansas, and more importantly, North Carolina and Duke fans, yeah. I don't know if you followed, follow college basketball a little bit or at all, but this transcends college basketball. This is some kind of event for those two to play each other in the NCAA tournament. The state of North Carolina, Michael, is going to shut down tomorrow. Yeah. The only thing they care about is this game, nothing else for tomorrow. And I keep joking in the French quarter where we're staying right by the Superdome. There's not going to be a drop of alcohol left by Saturday <laughs> night at about 3 a.m. There's not going to be anything. less it's like a Vegas weekend for the fights, uh, yeah, et cetera. It's yeah. going to be that nuts uh, that's here. So I, I appreciate you coming aboard with me. Um, again, I'm fascinated from a distance about your story because Michael again has a site. Michael has a show. Michael also fights as well. He's been in the ring Tell me about your love for boxing, how it began and where it began. Real real quick, Michael.
1: It began as as early as I can remember. Um, My family loved boxing and we were always watching the fights. In fact, when it started to switch over to HBO when I was a kid, back in Mike Tyson's heyday – yeah, I could tell this story now because no one's going to get arrested. But my dad used to steal cable. We couldn't afford it, you know. Right. And he, it, it was. I don't know if you remember, but on the block, like there was this green box that controlled the cable. And my dad figured out how to rig it. And he'd go back there and rig it and give everyone HBO. And then when he saw the cable truck drive on the block, he'd say, oh, man, he'd run out there, like turn it off. And then when the cable guy left, he turned it back up. Like on. the CIA.
0: He was covert. Yes, in plain Yes, design. exactly.
1: So um, even though we couldn't afford HBO, I saw Mike Tyson fights growing up. Uh, but, you know, my grandma loved it. She'd be yelling at the TV, screaming at it. So just as a kid, and I grew up in Detroit. Uh, which has a rich tradition. You know, Joe Lewis, obviously, downtown we have the Joe Lewis fist statue. Joe Lewis was one of my first heroes. Thomas Hitman Hearns. Oh, yeah. You know, growing up, it was, it was Hearns and Isaiah Thomas. Those were my two sports heroes oh, as, as a kid. Um, but yeah, so ever since I was a kid. And then I was in the Marine Corps, uh, boxed a little bit there, just, you know, some basic training stuff, nothing too in depth. And then uh, it, it, I've worked out and trained, you know, my whole adult life. But I finally got in the ring officially I've done smokers and underground stuff, but like officially on the, on the books for USA boxing last year. Um, it was tragedy that brought me there. My, my brother Anthony died at wow. the very end of 2020 from, from a drug overdose. Wow! And um, you know, I, I kind of made a promise. I mean, right after that, of course, I was depressed for a few months and I was drinking and eating and I gained like, Thirty pounds. I was the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And I made a promise to myself and to him that I would follow through and finally get a fight on record. And so um, we did that last September. I ended up fighting in a, a great charity event here in Atlanta, where I live now. I moved from uh, LA with my wife to Atlanta a few years ago, raised over a hundred thousand dollars, the WBC wow. was a big part of it. Uh, it was streamed on the WBC live channel. That's a new network. The WBC has launched. It was the first event to be broadcast on the WBC live channel, which is really cool. And that was the main event, uh, which is really, really cool. <laughs> a lot of the pressure. I wouldn't recommend that for your I was first fight. Say, all
0: right, let's stop right there. Yeah. Did you have, you mentioned the Mike Tyson stuff. So I, I'm a little older than you, but I was glued to all of that in the eighties. And I really believed So much of his dominance was before the ever the fight ever began. Of course, were psyched out and they had what I like to call the "oh my god" moment, where they step through the ropes, they look across the ring, and there he is. Oh my god! And a lot of times, it was over before Mm -hmm. they could even say "oh my god." Once the bell rang, did you have an "oh my god" moment? I have covered the sport. I love the sport. I've been training but now I'm stepping in the ring and here we go. Did you have that? And how did you handle it?
1: Uh, There's actually a few moments like that throughout the entire process, because, you know, oddly enough, the, the training isn't what was difficult and, and all that, because I had been there. I had sparred, you know, hundreds of rounds just throughout my adult life for fun, really. And I had gotten very close a few times to competing officially, but something always happened and it fell through, right? And that's why for me, it was important to follow through this time. But um, the media work, you know, doing the press conferences and stuff. And for me, it was unique because, again, I was the main event. Um, so, so there's that pressure, but also because I do have a media uh, presence, they wanted me to get up there and talk. So I'm doing hosting during the stare down, you know, just stuff like that. It was, it was tough, you know, to kind of wear both of those hats. I ended up doing over a dozen different media interviews for the fight to promote it on all kinds of platforms uh radio stuff tv stuff like local news tv stuff here in atlanta all kinds of stuff websites and what made it really difficult was having to talk about my brother and and give details about that story but yeah there there was one point in camp where when we finally did the stare down uh during that press conference and you know you hear uh camera cameras clicking and, uh, and it's like oh wow this is really happening Okay. And then being he's, the main event, he's the really night of the gonna fight,
0: try, he's really going to try to hit me. This is yeah, it. this guy's
1: really going to try to take my head off. And he did. Um, he tried to, but um, the night of the fight, you know, th- th- I think we had a dozen fights or something like that. So I had to wait. I was in the dressing room waiting and waiting and wait. That process is what drove me crazy. And it took a round or so for me to just relax and get into my groove. And then i you know control the action i got the w so um that was great and i actually have another fight coming up uh may 13th that i'm in training for wow so if you see my nose is kind of red because i was sparring last night
0: i do i do notice that and for the fans yeah. that may see a video clip you may see this but you can also go to michael's social media because you took a picture you and i were in communication you're like i gotta spar tonight and I'm yeah like, I'm that's trying right. to yeah. get with you afterwards and then i see the picture online i'm like yeah he took one uh in, yeah. in the sparring session uh, what a neat story. What, I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't take this lightly and I don't say this lightly. Uh, what a great inspirational thing that you just shared with us on behalf of your family and your brother that you wanted to follow Thank through you. with that. And uh, that, is a, that is a neat aspect to this. And again, for the audience on Big Fight Weekend, I didn't know that story until we began. This is why I love podcasting and I love mm. getting to find out these things from a guy like Michael Montero. All right, so you've been in the ring, but you also love hosting. You also love covering the sport. Uh, etc. Uh, tell me what intrigues you so much about this, because every, everybody's crazy about sports or specific sports. Most everybody loves football. You might love basketball. You might love baseball or hockey or whatever. What about this sport appeals so much to you and that you try to convey that to your audience with your platform and everything you have?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I love all sports. I've, I've, I love basketball, football, everything. So I just want to put that on record. But um, boxing and I played a lot of sports, you know, At a high, I played basketball in the Marine Corps. Uh, so, but boxing to me is the human condition zoomed in. You, you just get a zoomed in look at every aspect of the human condition between these two men. Uh, there's no halftime. There's no helmet. There's no pads. There's no second string, third string, no injured reserve. It's just none of that. You know, you have to deal with. Everything you're dealing with in your life, emotionally, mentally, and actually me going through that process last year, um, really gave me a greater appreciation for all the other, the the noise and that all that, all the things you carry into the ring with you that are non-physical. I went into the ring injured. I had a torn left pectoral muscle. I had a strained uh, ligament in my shoulder. I didn't tell the commission, of course, because I wasn't going to miss the fight, but I had to deal with that, right? There's the physical but all the mental things you bring in and um, having gone through that process and having talked to a few pro fighters since that time that saw me go through that. And um, the conversations we've had, it's been very interesting because you learn what these guys are bringing into the ring. Every time they're coming into the ring with things like that family members die. Uh, They're going through different things in their personal life, financial issues, whatever's going on. They have to, they're not going to have a teammate bail them out. They can't take a playoff. I mean, let's be honest. In an NBA game, there's, what, 48 minutes? How many players are given 100% for even 30 minutes? I mean, honestly, the NFL has played at eight seconds at a time. You can't do that in boxing. You have to be 100% dialed in for three minutes of a round. I zigged when I should have zagged last night in sparring for one second. and my nose, I look like Rudolph the (laughs) Red-Nosed Reindeer because of it.
0: It got popped. (laughs) Yeah, there's no other sport like that. There's just no other sport like that. Uh, You were sharing this, and let's tie it into a fight last weekend. I know you're familiar uh, with this. Josh Warrington recaptured the IBF featherweight championship in England against Kiko Martinez. Martinez, a veteran from Spain, had scored a shocking knockout of a countryman of Warrington's, Mm -hmm. Kid Galahad, followed the bouncing ball. Galahad uh, and Warrington had fought previously as well. Uh, so it's kind of a triangle. So in that fight, Warrington ends up getting the stoppage. But what a gruesome fight on both guys, because uh, the champion Martinez, as you know, Michael, and for the audience that, that saw it, they know. For those that did not see it, I'm articulating it here on the podcast. Martinez has both eyes bloodied, but mm-hmm. one from a clash of heads has a swollen face uh, he's a mess. He's taking punishment. Meanwhile, Josh Warrington turns out, Michael Montero, to have broken his hand during the fight and suffered a broken jaw while right. winning, while getting the stoppage. Both guys look like they had been in a train wreck when the fight was over with, to your point.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned with Warrington those injuries and he won. Yeah. It reminds me um, I was ringside for a fight with Scott Quigg when he came over to the States. Uh, and fought in LA and he had a broken jaw and fought almost the entire fight with it. Um, You know, I've seen, or I'm sorry, Oscar Valdez fought Scott Quigg. It was Valdez who had the broken jaw. Um, I've seen that sort of thing so many times, the things that fighters go through. And again, I played basketball in high school, the military, there were guys that would, you know, sprain their wrist or a finger and they sit out for half the game you know I'm not trying to
0: diss those athletes for a week (laughs) yeah yeah
1: I mean I remember Kobe Bryant one time um was coming off the bench and he had like a sprained I want to say it was a ligament in one of his fingers and he had tape around his finger and the the commentary guy was like what a warrior and I'm thinking you know I hey I love Kobe Bryant I'm just saying Comparing that to Arturo Gatti, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't
0: it's, know. A great, it's a great analogy. It's a great point that Michael Montero makes. He's my guest here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast for a few more minutes, sharing his story. Montero on boxing on social media, uh, as well as his website. He's got merchandise. He's got the show. The neutral corner is the show and podcast out Mondays. Look for it through his social media, through Ring Magazine, Ring TV, etc., to find him and his takes. And he's gracious to give me a few minutes Uh, here on uh, on this one all right so we've got a bunch of intriguing fights this month we have flipped Mm -hmm. the calendar to April my lord it starts with Gennady Golovkin Triple G traveling to Japan to fight Ryota Murata uh, who is the secondary WBA or they elevated him the WBA middleweight champion unification middleweight title fight in Japan Golovkin landed there the day before we're taping this podcast be back in action there. That kicks off a month that has Errol Spence and Jordanis Ugas. It has Dillian White uh, challenging Ty- uh, Tyson Fury in England for the WBC Heavyweight Championship. And then it has a great women's fight that we've been building towards for a couple of years Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor at Madison Square Garden at the end of the month. April's going to be some kind of month, just as a general yeah. comment, please. And then
1: Oscar Valdez and uh, yes. Ad- or, uh, uh, Shakur Adal- Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah, what a fight that is. Uh, so, yeah, April's great. And then going into May, we get Canelo Bevel. It was just signed, um, just announced that June 4th, you're going to get Devin Haney going over to fight George Cambosis in Australia. That might be the biggest event in Australian boxing history. I know people will talk about Pacquiao Horn, but the difference here is this is for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world, and Cambosis is the, the defending champ. So um, you have, in, in the span of a couple months, probably the biggest event in Japanese boxing history and at least one of the biggest events in Australian boxing history. How cool is that? Mm. And then you mentioned the heavyweight title fight over in London, Uh, Tyson Fury fighting Dillian White. I mean, it's going to be a great second quarter. The first quarter was okay, but this second quarter, man. uh, So so I'm really looking forward to it. And then the, the female fight, especially. Uh, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, that's a fascinating matchup. And it could, it could be the greatest matchup pound for pound in women's boxing history. So it's, we're being spoiled brother.
0: Amanda Serrano was here in Tampa. I say here figuratively because I'm not sitting in Tampa at the moment, fighting in December on the Jake Paul undercard of that Showtime pay-per-view and a lot of people don't realize she's a big-time puncher. She's got 43 wins. She, I mean, it's women's boxing. I understand the competition level may not be the same. She's got seven world titles, so seven mm-hmm. different world titles in three different weight divisions, and now is fighting arguably uh, the best ladies' female lighter weight fighter in the world uh, at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be intriguing as well. Do you have a thought, Michael Montero? Does Golovkin, does Triple G have much left? I know what's looming is a fight with Canelo Alvarez. He is just turning 40 years old. Next week, he will be 40 years old. I guess that's part of the intrigue of this, but what, speculate. What does Triple G have left at this stage in your mind?
1: Well, that's what makes this fight with Murata so fascinating. It's one of the things. I mean, for, for, that's for one. For, for another thing, Murata is a huge star in Japan. He does eight-figure viewership just in Japan. So this is a massive event. Uh, but we're going to get an idea of what Golovkin has left against Murata. Uh, You mentioned he's turning 40. It's also important to mention that, you know, he's been boxing pretty much three quarters of his life. I mean, he was boxing at a very high level in the amateurs as a kid and traveling to tournaments pretty much weekly uh, from, from, you know, his teenage years on through uh, his 20s and then when he went pro. So this is a guy that had, I want to say, like 350-some-odd amateur fights. Uh, Combined with his pro fights, you're talking maybe 400 fights. So there's a lot of tread on those tires. However, he lives a very healthy lifestyle. Uh, he's a gym rat. He loves being in the gym with the guys. He trains even when he's not fighting, you know, stays in pretty good shape. He's never ballooned up and down the weight a lot. He's pretty much exclusively fought as a middleweight. Have as you a pro. seen
0: the video that they have been putting out in recent days of, I mean, he looks as ripped as 28 yeah. year old Golovkin for whatever it's worth. Uh, well, this. so that's not going to be the issue. The question that I have is, are the reflexes still there? We all right, get older. Right. Is he going to be able to fend off Murata? Who's older too? Murata's, is, I believe, 35. But mm-hmm. I mean, if this, if this becomes a slugfest, is he going to be able to fend him off? Does he have the reflexes? There's concern about that. Legit? Fair?
1: No, I think it's very fair. I think Golovkin's made changes in camp. He used to train exclusively at high altitude. And I thought that was a mistake and I wasn't the only one who thought that doing an entire camp at high altitude. So he's changed that up now. And he looks like you said, a little beefier, a little more muscular, because I don't think he's he's killing himself as much at that high altitude. I think he's trying to do the old the old adage train smarter, not harder. He has had a year and a half off. He's rested. I think he's going to look good, Um, clearly. He's past his prime though. He is not the guy at prime Golovkin's when he fought David Lemieux, right? In that mm-hmm. time frame. that was prime Gennady Golovkin We're seven years removed from that. I want to say, so he's not going to be the same guy he once was what's intriguing is because he's such a great fighter. Is he still, uh, even though there's some, you know, a few miles per hour off the fastball, right? There's a little speed off the fastball. Is he still good enough to beat all these guys? if he is that's pretty special
0: no doubt and then i get, of course the canelo fight is looming which we've heard this mm-hmm. 573 times that the two of them are going to fight for a third time and it hasn't happened now for basically 3 years allegedly it will happen this fall if golovkin is successful we will see we will see how that part plays out few moments left i love michael montero's story that he is sharing with us find him on social media again montero on boxing is the social media handle uh, love his insight on the website, MonteroOnBoxing.com uh, as well. How intrigued are you by Spence Ugas in that Spence suffered the eye injury, couldn't fight Manny Pacquiao, who was at the end of his career. Ugas gets the lottery ticket, gets the slide mm-hmm. in, the Cuban defector that comes to the United States to live the American dream, slides in, puts on a tremendous boxing display with the jab, the lead right hand, and wins that fight. And so now off the eye injury, it is Spence Ugas that is coming here middle of April on a scale of one to 10. I know you're not a one, but maybe you're a five or six, or maybe you're an eight, nine or 10 on interest on this welterweight showdown coming in Dallas middle of the month.
1: I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, the, the thing that, so there's a couple things that put a little stain on it for me. One is that it's on pay-per-view and I just don't view this as a pay-per-view fight. It's a, it's a great fight between two top five welterweights, okay? But if this was on regular Fox, I think it'd do such a good rating and it'd help catapult Spence into another level of stardom. So there's that, but then there's also the fight we really want. You know where I'm going to go, yeah. right? We want to see uh, Spence fight Terrence Crawford, and there's no reason for that fight not to happen anymore because Crawford is a free agent. So the excuse is, of, oh, we can't work across the aisle, blah, blah, blah. Those excuses are over now, and they have been since last year. So all that being said, two top five welterweights. Ugas is a quality, quality fighter um, and a great guy, by the way. He, he's a super cool guy, uh, human being uh, outside the ring. So I'm looking forward to the fight. Um, I, I, you got to favor Spence, though. I actually think the rest did him well. I think he was trying to come back too fast off that eye injury. And I think the fact that he's had a little more time to get in the groove and everything, I think he's going to look really good in this fight. I expect an explosive performance from Spence. And I say he wins.
0: Well, I mean, it's a great unknown. Again, I'm I'm your contemporary, probably a little older, Sugar Ray Leonard had this same thing with a detached retina, a torn retina in the eye. And he amazingly came back at the highest level to beat Marvin Hagler after the and retired Marvin Hagler once and for all. I mean, we're talking about Golovkin fighting at 40 years of age. People don't realize when Ray Leonard defeated Marvin Hagler, Marvin Hagler was 32 years old, 32, and never fought again. Now, you can make the argument he was an old 32 after the fight with Hearns, the fight with Mugabe, I mean, I'm going in the way back, and then the fight mm-hmm. with Leonard. But Leonard had to come off the detached retina, and we didn't know how it was going to go. And, and now in this case, not even a tune-up fight here that is a big unknown for Errol Spence, no matter what he says, leaning up to April 16th. Is it not the eye injury?
1: Yeah, it's a huge unknown. Uh, but, you know, in Ugas, he's fighting a guy that doesn't punch very hard, is not known as an explosive, concussive type of puncher, is more technical in the way he fights. So I think that, you know, you got to give Spence a ton of credit for going right into this fight. No tune-up, right? But he needs this fight to feel everything out before going up against a Terrence Crawford. Because Crawford may be the most accurate puncher in boxing. He could punch a penny, you know, and and nail it every time. So um, he would definitely be able to target that eye. So I think that this is really good smart matchmaking from PBC. And I think that um, Ugas is going to give him great rounds, great work. But Spence just has a little more you got to favor Spence. I just hope and I pray to the boxing gods that after this, we finally get the fight we all want, that 147.
0: Yeah. We've been waiting for it for a while with all the back yeah. and forth. Terrence Crawford finally figured out after like only two years more of having to wait, you're not ever going to get this fight while you're with Bob Arum in top rank. And he finally mm-hmm. figured it out, became a free agent. He's actually suing Arum now. With That's a whole other story for the <laughs> yeah. podcast, but maybe we will get that. Uh, fight I know we got to go in just a second Fury defending the title back in England which he's never done before people don't realize when he won the undisputed title you know this Michael but the hardcore fans may or may not realize it when he won against Klitschko he never defended the title that's when he went off the deep end psychologically the drinking the drugs ballooned 100 pounds overweight and gave up all the belts he never defended it all right so he defeats Deontay Wilder in February of 2020, and then we have the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak, and so it's delay, delay, delay. He's now defended one time in the third fight with Wilder, the rematch with Wilder. He's never defended in England. That's the intrigue, the draw. I don't think much of Dillian White. Maybe you think more of him, and I think he's now, what, 34, 35? I don't know that he has a lot left either, Mm -hmm. but still the intrigue of Fury at Wembley Stadium, 90,000 people. I'll be watching, and a lot of people will be watching from that intrigue. Again, are you an eight? Are you a seven? Are you a nine on that one for the WBC heavyweight title later in the month?
1: I'm probably an eight, eight point five on this one. I, I'm looking forward to this one more than the welterweight fight. Um, it's heavyweight, so the stakes are bigger. I mean, figuratively and literally. Uh, but also, it's not pay per view, so uh, that's good. Or actually, you know what? I think it is pay per view in the states. It might be ESPN
0: Plus. It you might know be what? ESPN Plus. We got to look. Yeah,
1: it is. It's ESPN plus pay-per-view. So I stand corrected. I'm going to back that up. I'm going to go 7.5. <laughs> um, but 7. everything.
0: 3.9. Okay. Is it,
1: there you go. Yeah. 7.39. Um, everything you said about Fury is true. You know, when he won the undisputed championship against Klitschko, first of all, it's a little fuzzy right there. I don't want to go too much into this, but earlier that year he had tested positive for steroids mm-hmm. um, and there was when Klitschko found out about that, because he didn't find out about it until after their fight, he demanded um, he demanded Vada testing for the rematch. And it's actually Vada that uh, caught Fury, I think, doing cocaine and stuff. So th- th- all that—that's how all that got messed up. He got stripped of all those belts. I uh, have Ring Magazine. We stripped of, of of our championship and the lineal championship because we're like, you can't not fight for three years and be the champion. Amen. Yeah. Thank so. He comes back. He beats Deontay Wilder for the WBC belt and the ring magazine belt. Uh, We put that belt on the line for their rematch and you're right. He defended it once. So he's got one title defense, but also outside of Wilder and Klitschko, he hasn't fought any top 10 heavyweights. So Dillian White, regardless of what you have to say about him, whether you think he's an elite guy or not, he's definitely a top 10 heavyweight, right? And he's Criminally inconsistent with his performances. He balloons up and down in weight, but you got to figure he's going to bring 100% his absolute best for Tyson Fury. He knows what he's up against. He's been begging for a chance at the WBC belt back when Wilder had it for years. He's been the mandatory for like 300 years or something, and they've never forced it. So I think he's going to bring his best, and I'm expecting a really, really good heavyweight fight. I really am.
0: This guy has been tremendous with me. Uh, You can tell you want to be part of his own show, the neutral corner show and podcast, Michael, thank you so much. Plug away on how they find you on social (laughs) media, online, the show, all of it. Please do go ahead.
1: Well, thanks for having me have fun down there in New uh, for final four weekend. Uh, Now we know why the boxing schedule is dead this weekend, right? Obviously they didn't want to go up against that, particularly North Carolina Duke. That's going to be awesome. I know. Um, So Montero Unboxing is the handle. You can find me on all the social media stuff, um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But yes, the the show is The Neutral Corner, and we go live every Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Ring Digital. That is Ring Magazine's YouTube channel. The audio pod goes out on my podcast platforms the following day. So uh, if you prefer listening just to the audio, just look up The Neutral Corner, Montero Unboxing, on whatever podcast platform you prefer, and you will find me.
0: What a treat to have gotten to meet you through the podcast and talk to you. Again, I've been a fan from the distance, watching all of your stuff. And and by the way, congratulations, too, because you put this on social media. You got engaged, what, four years ago this week? Did I get that right or close? You got that right. You got that right. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, uh, Plug away. The fight again is in May. You're back in the ring again. When and where and how do we see it?
1: May 13th uh, in Atlanta, Georgia at Buckhead Fight Club that's where the fights taking place it's another charity event um ftp's doing it they're for the people is their their handle and um we're ra- we're raising money to help people with parkinson's so um may 13th uh, i don't know 100% yet about the streaming gotcha. and all that i think they're still working it out but just you know check out my social media and uh, i'll give information as we get closer
0: love that montero unboxing michael montero what a treat to have you on the big fight weekend podcast Thank you for keeping me company. It was a blast to talk to you, talk up the fights and the whole bit. Uh, continued success inside and outside the ring with all you're doing, including the Neutral Corner show and podcast every Monday. Check that out as well. <laughs> Michael, thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Let's do it again. All right?
0: love that conversation with Michael Montero. Appreciate him spending some time with me here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We have got more on the way, including... A look ahead of this weekend, again, not much in terms of big-time events because, again, the basketball Final Four is dominating things for this weekend. We'll also look ahead, though, preliminarily at some odds as we were talking about that Triple G fight in Japan and some of the other championship fights that are be going on now that we've gotten into April. We'll do all of that coming up. But first, we're brought to you in part by our friends at WinBet. If you're looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand, look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino. From the five-star win resort properties, from classic table games to all of the best slots and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and get a 100% first-match bonus of up to $1,000. Win Bet's win hour is also from 2 to 3 Pacific time. Better prices on selected games, and anyone who has the Win Bet app is alerted right during that hour between 2 and 3 Pacific time. Betters who wager at least $500 at the beginning of the NCAA tournament will earn an entry into the drawing for a trip to go to win in Las Vegas. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit WYNNBet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions are at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where the play is allowed for the WinBet app. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free And paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. The march to madness is right around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in for the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And now is the time to find those Cinderellas while the odds are really high. So get into your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and then just list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Like Patrick from New York, who sold a $1,000 35-1 Houston to win the national title ticket. For six thousand dollars on Prop Swap before that Elite Eight game with Villanova last weekend, so Patrick turned thousand bucks into six thousand dollars guaranteed, and the buyer still was getting much better odds at thirty-five to one than anything that was still available. Now's the time to find those Cinderellas while the odds are still high. Cash them out then on Prop Swap once the tourney starts and they start winning games. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry up. Download the free PropSwap app today. It has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and the red-hot tickets that are for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match using our promo code SGP on your first deposit. And PropSwap will match that deposit up to $500. Join real sports bettors on PropSwap. That's where America buys and sells sports bets. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows And everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app.
1: We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves.
0: Back in one more time on the only show that you need to cover the sweet science, everything in and out of boxing. Thanks again to Michael Montero with the Montero Unboxing, giving you some great insight on what's going up here in this month. Again, uh, it's not a tremendous weekend, uh, for the fights, as I've as I mentioned at the top of the show and have repeated a, a couple of different times here, I am in New Orleans for the basketball, college basketball, Final Four, Villanova, Kansas. Duke, North Carolina should be an epic semifinal Saturday. So purposefully, top-ranked boxing, ESPN, premier boxing champions, and Fox uh, along with Showtime as well as Golden Boy and DAZN have, have just stayed away from this weekend. Do not have a, a big-time fight card on the Saturday of Final Four weekend. Stay away from it. It is interesting that in other places uh, there are fight cards. There's actually a Friday night uh, DAZN fight card that has Sando, uh, Sandor Martin. Uh, Martin is the guy that upset Mikey Garcia the last time out in a shocking uh, junior welterweight clash. He's fighting Jose Felix. Uh, coming up in the main event in Barcelona, Spain on Friday night. You may already know that result from this weekend. Not a title fight, but Martin, known for the upset. Uh, Again, on Saturday night, the most prominent fight is Savannah Marshall, a British... Middleweight ladies fighter fighting Femke Hermans, if I have that name right. WBO women's middleweight title fight. Uh, that one on Sky Sports Boxing in England. Undercard co-feature Florian Marku. Interesting rising uh, welterweight will fight veteran Chris Jenkins. So again, those bouts in, in uh, Newcastle, England on Sky Sports Boxing. I'm not sure if they're on ESPN Plus or not. Uh, for that, but usually the relationship with Sky Sports and top rank has been on ESPN. Plus. Anyway, that's about it for this weekend. But, you know, as we were talking about with Michael, there are some intriguing fights for next week that we will look ahead to. For example, Gennady Golovkin, already there in Japan, gets ready to fight Ryoto Murata. And Golovkin, a minus 450 favorite, even on Murata's home soil, he is four and a half to one. Murata may be a live underdog here. He's younger, he can punch some. I don't know. Does Golovkin have anything left? We're going to find out. Uh, Murata 325 for our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast. You might want to jump on those odds for short-term investing. Also, we did not mention with Michael, Ryan Garcia back in the ring for the first time in over a year for the unbeaten California lightweight, uh, who was formerly the number 1 contender in the WBC. Garcia fighting Emmanuel Tagore. And Garcia heavily favored minus 1800, 18 to 1 to beat the Ghana uh, to go, who's only primarily fought in Africa. Uh, to go does have a pretty good punch, but you question the, the competition. And Garcia, again, a long layoff and an injured hand, broke his hand last winter and has, has had him sidelined uh, now until fighting in April. That bout coming in San Antonio, Texas, to go plus 800 as the underdog. Uh, In that one. And we did mention uh, both the uh, Jordanis, Ugas, and Errol Spence fight along with Fury and uh, Dillian White. Uh, Errol Spence minus 465, about 4.5 to 1. He's the favorite for that showdown on April the 16th on pay per view for the Unified Welterweight Championships. And Tyson Fury still holding minus 600, 6 to 1, on Dillian White, who is plus 400. Uh, for that matchup, April 23rd, Wembley Stadium, and again, Fury's first time ever to defend a portion of the heavyweight title in England. So that's just a look ahead to some of the odds. Uh, we mentioned, too, with Michael, that George Cambosis and Devin Haney uh, also are slated to fight in June in Australia. That's going to be some kind of bout. They held their first press conference on Thursday night. It was entertaining via satellite with Cambosis sitting in Melbourne, Australia, late Friday morning. Meantime, it was... Uh, Thursday night still in the United States in Los Angeles where Devin Haney was, the unbeaten Californian there. Cambosis, the unbeaten Australian who beat Teofimo Lopez last November and won all the welterweight titles. And by the way, on Big Fight Weekend's website and on this podcast, he's the undisputed champion. When he defeated Lopez, who defeated Lomachenko, Lomachenko was the WBC champion. And Lomachenko was always fighting Lopez for the undisputed title and the WBC went all finicky with, oh, let's reward Devin Haney and keep him happy and give him a belt. The guy, the guy at 135 is Cambosis. He has all the belts and Haney's got to come through him and that is coming on June the 4th in Melbourne, Australia. 50,000 seat uh, rugby and soccer stadium known as Marvel Stadium after the Marvel Comics series. They're the sponsor. Marvel Stadium in Melbourne and that's where Cambosis was for the press conference. This will be highly entertaining and the intriguing thing, it's a one-way rematch clause as well that if Haney were to pull the upset, he's got to give Cambosis a rematch in Australia later this year. That's contractually there. However, if Cambosis wins, he moves on. Not unlike what uh, Canelo Alvarez has been doing in recent negotiations, and some others have done this as well. Uh, Anthony Joshua was one of those that has done this too, where it's a, uh, as the heavyweight champ, it's a one-way negotiation, a one-way rematch clause. If I win, you don't get another shot. But if I lose because I'm giving you the chance, I get another chance. Uh, to get my title back. And by the way, give credit to Deontay Wilder way back when. On the draw with Tyson Fury, the first time they fought, whether you, whether you thought the fight was a draw or not, uh, there was no rematch clause. Wilder did not have to give Tyson Fury a second fight, which he did in February of 2020. Now, they both saw dollar signs. They both saw the wealth involved, and Fury ended up taking his title. There was an automatic rematch clause for the second fight. No matter who won the second fight, the, uh, the loser could invoke the rematch clause, which Wilder did, and they had a third fight. But my point is, Wilder didn't have to give Fury one. It wasn't in the contract. And here, Cambosis doesn't have to give Devin Haney a second fight if he wins. Only if he loses would they fight again in Australia, and that's going to be an intriguing fight for later on uh, in June uh, when it comes up. And I- I'm just looking here to see if there's a preliminary uh, line for that one, uh, and I don't think it's even up as of yet for Cambosis. And uh, and Devin Haney, you'd have to think Cambosis is probably going to be the slight favorite in his home country. Devin Haney, having primarily fought in California in Las Vegas, now got to go all the way to Australia, where Cambosis earns this home country title defense that he's going to be having. And will they fill that stadium up? We will see. I do know this. It is going to be a great month of April. Lots of fights. Lots of big things coming, pun intended, on BigFightWeekend.com. Stand by for what we're going to have uh, in this month of April. A great surprise uh, that is coming shortly that's going to greatly enhance our coverage. I'm being a bit cryptic. It's going to enhance this podcast. Everything we do on Big Fight Weekend. A huge boxing personality will be part of what we are doing moving forward. Cannot wait for that announcement early next week. There's a tease on the podcast. For now, though, we are done on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thanks again to our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, and company. They help promote us through their service, through their website, through their social media. And again, thousands and thousands of you have found us on Sports Gambling Podcast website and through their channels and their social media media. Keep doing so as well as the fights pick up. We'll be right here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. From Michael Montero, my guest. Montero on boxing. I enjoyed talking with him, meeting him over the podcast and discussing his story. Knew a little bit about him, including the uh, the fights in the ring. Again, he's fighting May the 13th. He's back in uh, fighting a fight on May the 13th, raising money for charity and Parkinson's disease, as he was explaining in Atlanta. Love Michael's insight on all the fights. Enjoyed that. We enjoy having you as well. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, subscribe or follow this podcast apple podcast spotify google podcast easiest way to get us as we come out to preview the weekend usually on fridays about midday before all the action saturday not much action saturday unless you're talking college basketball and by the way i like villanova and duke to be playing monday night for the title let's see how that comes out read the site for everything boxing news previews recaps all of it bigfightweekend.com for now we're good on the big fight weekend podcast bye